Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the 21st podcast slash first YouTube release. And we're doing a return with our original guest, Abolish Farms. And I'd like to pass it over to my co-host sequence real quick. I'm Scobo One, and we will be having Abolish Farms and Miss Cantalopez. Welcome. Yeah, as you can tell, we'll be releasing uh podcasts as video now this one will be going up on youtube when the uh actual podcast goes up abolished will be helping us with that he's gonna join us on the show as a producer role be kind of a little bit of do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff help free up time for myself and scobo to work on the website work on the t-shirts and uh, getting all the other stuff you guys keep uh razzing us in the chat about getting that stuff in the works yeah, and he's got the shirt on right there. Um, we're really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Um, I don't know, Abolish, how do you feel about this, man? It's great. And I mean, I don't, I guess I, I get too spiritual or 4C or Star Wars-y like I, uh, I like to do too quick. But uh, when I met you guys and I heard about the idea, like right away, I was like, yeah, no, this is going to be a great idea. And you know, I've been supporting you guys from day one. It was an absolute honor to get episode one. But speaking on, like, the force and all that, like, it just always felt right. Like, my gut, the, the microbiome, you know, what controls me and what I believe controls me, you know, it, it pulled me towards you guys, you know. And I'm really looking forward to throwing a little bit of that, my video flavor in there and giving people something to look at. Hey guys, uh, yeah, I'm really uh, excited about this sort of next step. Um, it's definitely, like he said, seems like it's meant to be for, for all of us to have crossed paths and now to be moving the show into the video realm is really exciting and can't wait to see how things go from here. Well, since we didn't give you a proper introduction on round one, we wanted to make sure that we were able to give you a chance to introduce yourselves to the audience on this round two. Yes, uh, thanks for having me. So um, I'm Miss Cantaloupe. Um, I am part of Abolished Farms. So I've been uh, working and growing with Abolished for, what, a year and a half now. Um, Basically, I came into, um, him and I started dating, and he pretty much completely introduced me to cannabis. Uh, I was a non-smoker, a hater. I, I believed all the misinformation. Uh, it was just not my thing whatsoever. Um, 
and really through just information and science and he really kind of opened my mind up uh intellectually first to then give it a chance um i'm was blown away and immediately it was like okay now i need to learn as much as i can about this plant and i want to grow it and i want to have it as much a part of my life as i can because it made such a significant change in myself um i have been someone who's been struggling with depression for about five years and i felt like prior to cannabis nothing helped you know different medications nothing really seemed to really be what i was looking for i had more negative side effects and i was just constantly being put on something different and i was struggling to sort of maintain my health while being a mother and working i was in school and really just a lot of uh i had a lot going on um and i think back now and think if i had had cannabis how different a lot of those moments would have been um but i'm really grateful that i have it with me going forward to help me tackle what i need to you were talking about your introduction into cannabis and it mirrors mine exactly. We've never talked about this on the show, but I was a cannabis hater. I didn't smoke my first time until I was 26 years old. I did a bunch of reading of books and stuff like that. Like I had some background history and that's why I was um, against it at the time. And obviously I've since changed my view, but I started reading about it and started watching shows and I never stopped after that. Just like you. And uh, that's kind of interesting to hear that. Yeah, it's the same, same exact path. Yeah, I mean, I was 27. It's, you know, it's something that most, you know, most people I don't think really start to try or open their mind up to at this age. But I'm hoping with legalization and things like that, helping the conversation be more normal that that's something that I know I've personally taxed myself with is I want to get this out there to other people like me who just don't know, they don't understand. And maybe if they had someone sit down and you know, have, a, have that conversation with them or see someone who is just like them, you know, using cannabis in a healthy way, in a positive way, maybe they would be more open to it. Obo created an edit point because he was typing on his phone. <laughs> no, he's, he was sending a message in our chat. <clears throat> I'm just excited to be doing this, man. It's like, it feels right. It is right. And just to go back to uh, what Miss C was saying in the very beginning, I had a really smart ass off the cuff remark, and I guess I'll make it anyway, is it sounds like she just needed the love of a good man and some great ganja to get it going. Pretty much. <laughs> that that's the good story, but I used a. It really was a Jedi mind trick. I was like, "This isn't the lifestyle you're looking for." <laughs> well, and and Miss C, you bring a lot to the party. You know, he may have just taught you growing and stuff, but I've had your edibles, and uh, that doesn't come without practice. You know, um, any grower that's ever made edib edibles before, made a batch of cookies before, has made a lot of batches of cookies before. <laughs> and still they're still trying to get it you know so 
Um, bravo to you guys to knocking out Ash Kool-Aid and all the other stuff that we've thrown at you so far. For anyone who hasn't had the experience of having the hash terpene Kool-Aid, which obviously you haven't, that's just some stoner shit that just came up in the group chat that was carried out. You got to try this, man. If you want to talk about that for a hot second, just to kind of tease them, hit them with it. This stuff, like, we none of us thought it would, we didn't know if it was going to work or not. It was basically uh, a theory craft between all of us here on the, the Girl Bros. Uh, we came up with it, and I was like, you know what, and I'm, I'm going to try it. And I, I had kind of a recipe in my head, and uh, basically all it is is ash water that I repurposed by heating it up and sterilizing it because, I mean, we're working in our, our hash buckets. Even though I use food grade, it's clean, it's all that, I still, I'm still going to sterilize it. You know, I, I don't know what happened during the process. But, yeah, I, I heat it up, turn it into a simple sugar, and then I would make Kool-Aid like normal, and it ended up being an absolute hit. It seemed like because it was a hash water, uh, Kool-Aid instead of a regular cannabis Kool-Aid, it had a really high terpene level, and like it, it, it just made our medicine those days just completely hit, like hit us. It's like every receptor in the body was open. I mean, I can't wait to look more into this and get more people on it and get some, you know, some science on it. Because I don't know anybody else has tried that. Sequence well, over there dying right now. I was. <laughs> Thank God I, for mute. <laughs> Like we were talking about the um, the edibles, though, that was round one of the hash Kool-Aid. Like, j just wait and see what happens developing that over time, you know, different ideas. I was about to say, um, the edibles, like you were saying, definitely there's been a lot of mess-ups prior to what you guys had and thought. You know, there's been a lot of, like, things we've just forced ourselves to eat because we don't want to waste it. <laughs> Been there, done that. Gummies that are separated and all kinds of different stuff, yeah. No, whatever. You stick it with some ice cream and try and just make it work. Ice um, cream or macaroni and cheese, man. You can do a lot with macaroni and cheese by putting shitty butter in there. Yeah. <laughs> green mac. That's what I call it, green mac. Green mac. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. But uh, we're about to do a Kool-Aid batch probably pretty soon here. Uh, just ordered some more supplies to get us uh, more bottles and everything to get it packaged up. So it'll be coming soon. Okay, so we have half of the introduction covered. We've got Miss C. Now we have to move to you, Abolish, to hit us with your side of the introduction, please. Yeah, we definitely got to get it in there because uh, I was just listening back on the first episode and just kind of like jumped right into education time, you know? Well, it's because you so, got overzealous. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I love to get the information out there to you guys. I want to share what I know. But basically, I started out, say, about nine and a half years ago. Now, I'm about to hit my 10-year mark. And uh, basically, I was in my mid-20s. I was sitting around all day just playing World of Warcraft. And, like, literally, I had to have my, my dad was hooking me up with cannabis. and one day he was like, you know what, I'm tired of buying your cannabis. You know, you're going to learn how to grow it. And he went and he got me two clones. 
And he gave me a hundred bucks and he said, that's your budget, make it work. And from that day forward, I've always grown on a budget. Like everything that you guys see me do to this point, like it's, it's been very, very frugal to say the least. Uh, I've tried everything. I've done everything like growing wise, I'd say like styles, you know, I've I've had my I've had my salt era, I had my synganic era, but my longest era now is this organic and this no-till, this regenerative thing. Like that's that's it's it's called to me. It's changed my life. Uh, like this guy said, I, or I said before, I I believe there's like a force. There's there's something behind that. Like microbes control the world. They they determine my thoughts. Just everything we do. Midichlorians. Mm-hmm. But I know, sorry, uh, I know you test your cannabis. I was wondering if you've tested it um, in your synthetic versus your synganic versus your organic, and yeah. uh, like what your terpene results or what your potency was. If you had any differences there, if that helped drive your decision and stuff like that. It would have been. It's all and. Uh, I guess it'd be anecdotal because uh, I did I didn't start testing until basically last year and I was pretty much full on organic at that point. Uh, the main thing that made me switch is firstly was cost because like I said I've been frugal for a minute, but it, it was the taste and it was people like Alan Atkinson from. Uh, the Probiotic Farmers Alliance. The he's the CEO of uh, Grokashi. Him, uh, the Weed Nerd Subcool. Uh, let's see. I, I hate to miss anybody. Brown Guy Four Twenty. All those guys. They played a, a huge factor in my complete switch over to organics. Because I, I wasn't always there. Like I've been. I was at the point where I had. I was growing in a. Like a 20, uh, 20 by 20 shed. I was using full uh, synthetic nutrients. You know, I was playing Bill Nye the Science Guy. I, I've been there. It's just that was such a headache because anything could come in there and mess the whole damn thing up. There was no cushion room. But I mean, speaking of stuff like that, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. After I had the $100 budget, I started growing and a closet and a uh, TV stand that I modified. It, it was like old school, like thick oak, like really, really nice looking TV stand. You open it up, it was full of cannabis up top, TVs down below. Used to be heavier than they are now, like yeah. a lot. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't have been no, an easy way to, or a good way to hide it. Any cop with a brain coming in the house would have known, like, who the hell still has a TV stand like this? But uh, I thought it was cool. But after that, I, uh, I I started to get like people started to recognize that I had a little, I had some skill in the beginning because I did make it my first harvest. My heart, my first harvest was tasty, but I didn't have any weight, you guys. I swear I filled up probably four of those big, uh, not the regular size mason jars like this. The ones that are like twice this, the half gallons, I think they are. Yeah, like Skillbo's got. I filled up four of those, and I bet you it, it didn't even weigh. It barely weighed an ounce. It was just so airy. 
because I was growing under uh, just you know household CFL bulbs. But after that, I, I just like everybody else, as they go through the years, and if they uh, they have any kind of like talent or I don't know whatever, they get picked up by uh, people with money. And I got picked up by one of those, and it didn't end up being a very good deal for me. I ended up, uh, well, at least one of them, I ended up setting them up, getting them to the point where they're just, you know, they're adding water, they're adding their base nutrients each week, set system, and they got rid of me right before the end, before they, they paid me. And I've also been to, I've also had people where I've gone out there and they, they promised this and this, you know, partner up, you get out there. The setup's not what they said. I, it's, I've had, I've had a rough road to get where I am right now. And when I'm like teaching you guys things or I'm telling you guys things, like that's all stuff I've dealt with and I, I've learned with person. Like I don't, I never had any kind of, uh, schooling on this this is all life experience with growing what well, i think that is the best experience in growing because um it's impossible to know like what a spider mite looks like until you've had one eat the shit out of your plants the first time and then you go okay there's the six stages of spider mites i didn't realize were happening <laughs> and then uh, you got a huge infestation i've done that before and then, you know, the same for everything, like your first light leak herm plant and your, you know, all that stuff. We've all had to run into all of those things. Mistakes will happen. And, you know, it's just a matter of do you give up or do you try to get better? Do you try to address the issue or do you just run from it? Do you just keep losing harvest weight or do you do something about it? Yep. You always got to try and keep getting better. It gets... Once you think you've mastered something, things can get very stagnant, like boring. You have to keep pushing yourself. Like uh, with the production stuff like that we're going to be doing here or that I'm coming in here, this is this, I wouldn't say a new frontier, but now it's, it's more serious. Like I'm going to be getting programs and all that and like really, really get into that and like, that kind of drive helps me in the garden because I'm more motivated all around. Also in breeding, I just, I just finished my first breeding project. I've been growing for nine and a half years, guys, and I've never tried to breed. And I just tried it for my first time here and it was successful. I'm going to grow out my first crops. And it feels satisfying that it's not from a, a late stage herm or whatever. Right, right. Mm -hmm. These seeds were on purpose. I'm not mad about these ones. Right. I've always admired the way that you've been willing to do side-by-sides. And by having the same genetic stock, the same clone of a clone of a clone of a clone, you have been able to really, really be able to notice differences when you make changes in your garden. For a guy like me that's always changing up, changing up, changing up, if you change more than one thing at a time, you're just assuming what made the difference until you actually set the parameters for it. So I've always admired the way that you've done that. Thanks. I mean, I, I, I like to, like I said, I like to share that information. And also that that's part of my growing style. I'm trying to, <coughs> over the past couple of years, 
I tried to figure out what was the bare bones that you needed to get to to that dank. And then at, once I got to that point, I tried to say, okay, all this money I saved from not uh, spending extra on nutrients, what, which one of those nutrients is worth the extra $20 or $30? And that's what I've basically been doing recently, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm not sure what I was done with that. But, uh, I was going to say, since you've been growing in the same style for a while, you were talking about how you like to change things up all the time so you don't get bored. What are the things that you're changing up right now so you don't get bored? I'd say I just, yeah, I'm, I'm testing out uh, autoflowers. Like I've spent the last year flirting with them in one gallons, and uh, I just finished a, an auto solo cup challenge. Hopefully, I actually place in that. That'll be uh, announced here to be. <laughs> I doubt it because my yield was pitiful, but my bud was beautiful. I mean, if we had a taste test, I, I could probably compete. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm testing out to see if autos can compete uh, with an actual photo period in the same time frame. Because the frugal tent, which I'm going to show here, or if you go and watch the series uh, shortly, it had, there's three different pots in there. I had three clones in each one, and I repeated this uh, experiment now with autoflowers. And we're gonna see, I'm gonna have numbers and all that. I, I already got weight from the last grow. We're gonna see what autoflowers can do in 80 days compared to clones in the same environment, same setup. Well, yeah. as, a, as a medical patient, here's my thing, when we, Go, we're never fair about this. We're never really transparent. We say, well, if autoflowers can compete with photo periods, all right, man, look, let's just get to the point. We're talking about yield, right? Because you can grow the dank. Dank, dank isn't photo period dependent, just like it's not reg or feminized dependent. It's, you know what I mean? And I feel like the autoflowers are getting a bad rap for that. And then when people say, well, yeah, but you can grow more harvest. Yeah, we're talking about fucking yield again, man. Stop talking well, about, you know what I mean? It's like, let's talk about, we can still grow our own medicine the way that we want to, whatever method we want to, whatever style of seeds or clones or whatever the fuck you want to do. This is your garden. This is your grove. Do it, man. That's, I love it. Well, I had a question. I was wondering on your auto tent, is your uh, light cycle changed? So like 16 or 18 hours. I do a uh, 20 hours on, four hours off. I've heard from people that are smarter than me that the minimum amount of sleep that a cannabis plant needs is four hours. So I went on that, and I do know the, the sleep cycle is important. So. Yeah, You're going to sleep regardless. Period. Yeah. It, it makes a difference. If you, if you run your autos at 12-12, like in a regular tent with your other plants, they grow a lot smaller than they do if you take advantage of their light cycle you can pump a lot more light to them because they are autoflowers. Yep, I learned that the, the hard way with some uh, one-gallon autos. I figured, you know, screw it. I got the extra space in the, the flowering scent, threw them in there, and it just wasn't, it wasn't worth it. They, they didn't yield anything. You got to give them enough light. And that, that's, that's a big, like, disclaimer, I guess. Uh, people need to take, when you're taking information from me, it is... Uh, information to make sure you have consistent medicine. My methods and styles can be a little cutthroat for some people. I will take out genetics 
and stuff and the first sign of weakness. Uh, I just, I, I don't, that, that's my thing. Like if you're, if you're trying to find those rare things, you know, you don't mind letting cuts run, uh, 120 days in flower, you know, that go for it. But I'm about having consistent meds, things working right. And that's something that, you know, he's really been trying to instill in me. And I don't know if it's just my natural instincts or because I'm newer, but I have a lot harder time being as cutthroat. I want to keep all the plants as long as I can and have space for everyone. And uh, That's the mother in you is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes. Um, I always tell him, like, we'll get into, like, you know, we have a, a his and her grow going on, and it's, it's you know, there's headbutting sometimes, and we'll be texting, and I'll be like, when I come home, you better not have killed any of my plants. <laughs> Your side's got face lotion and beads on it, and his side's yeah. got... Yeah, yeah, I stick, uh, I stick, like, little fairies in, <laughs> stuff like that. Crystals. So I wanted to ask, um, Abolished, you, got, you and your team have been growing for 10 years now. What are some of the things that have helped you be successful over time? You don't get to do anything for 10 years without some adversity and uh, overcoming some things. It biggest thing would be don't get it, like I was just saying, don't get attached to genetics. Uh, keep your lifestyle clean. If you don't have a solid relationship, solid family already. Don't try and do that early on. Wait until you're set up. Because there's a lot of personal problems that come with dating in this industry. Uh, another thing is don't buy, uh, just not buying into all the snake oil. Like when somebody, whenever somebody has a product, they show it to me, I'm always instantly going to call bullshit on it. Like What's so special about that? And you really want to do the science on it, anything that you're going to add into the garden. Um, hey, what else? It's like the two biggest things is like, just don't, I, I even get myself on it sometimes with all these pheno hunts is just don't, don't, don't spread yourself thin. Don't try to hunt 50 different strains. Get a badass cut. And stack up your meds, you know, make sure you're not going to run out before you guys start getting overexcited with all these genetics out there. It's too late for that, man. Mm -hmm. I, am, I am overly excited about the genetics. It, it's, it's hard. It, it gets me too. Like, I'm, I got way too, many, or way too many strains going right now. Well, now it's nice because I can be like, hey, fuck it. Abolished, you give me that strain you got over there that you already hunted. <laughs> and I skip all these steps in the middle. I already have the Abolished OG cut from Abolished Farms. And I have to report, it was the first thing that rooted in my Oxyclone. And it's the next thing to hit the flower bed, man. So thank you again for passing on those good meds. And while we're talking about that strain, can you give us a little bit of background to that since we're talking about the medicine side, maybe a little lineage, a little flowering time, a little effect? Come on, go leafly with it, man. Sure. The abolish the lineage, it is a 
old school cheese cut from a old school grower called the Magician. It tests at 26% THC, uh, 2.06% terps. It's very high immersing. It's very, it's it has an old it has a certain healing property to it that I don't find in other strains. Uh, Miss Cantaloupe can definitely uh, say something to that, like for women uh, specifically, like not because over the over time, ninety percent of my patients have always been women, and this not even just for the menstrual pains and getting through that week, it's. It, it just it's good for the lifestyle you can sleep every night like you you really once you have the og in your life as a woman it seems like you never want to get rid of it yeah that's what i would say like i've i've tried a lot of different strains at this point um and i can say that there's definitely some that are better than others and i have favorites but when it comes to like the abolished og like i that is my medicine have to have that and that's the one that's really really important to me because if I can't sleep or I'm in pain or you know things like that that's really going to affect my life um and for whatever reason nothing else I've ever tried has come close to it and it, it, I just feel really connected to that one um and that like you said all of our patients like that's the one they want that's the one they need you know Everyone make sure that they have that. It seems to be really good for um, pain, inflammation, um, sleeping. It does boost, you know, your appetite. So it will give you the munchies. So watch out for that. Um. Mercine is that classic indica terpene. That's the one that makes you a little bit sleepy, yeah. better body buzz. You know, that's the stuff that you're looking for there. You don't see it as much as you used to either it's it's like becoming a thing of the past and you know i started growing in 2012 so it's been a while but back then it seemed like there were more mercy in, uh basically plants out there than you I'm, i don't know what what's the new deal these days with everything I would theorize that that was because um, Afghan was more recent in all the lineage of those plants back then, or like whatever the indica was that was in the Mersine. Northern because Lights. Were, we were closer to uh, land race back then than the genetics. Now we're farther away, so I think that's probably why it's diluted back a little bit. The way I actually heard it was, uh, I think I might have heard it from Miss Jill, uh, it's one of her interviews, is... I would say I want to say maybe ten years ago when uh, Agent Orange like clean house at the cups and it seemed like everybody was crossing Orange into their strains, which is Mercy. Uh, I think everybody just got burnt out on it, and it's it's starting to make a comeback. It really is. I was talking to Dab Smiths two days ago, and he was saying that Citrus is making a comeback, and. Uh, also making a sad face because he just got rid of his tangy and his 24k but uh yeah citrus is back on the back on the come up coming from an extract maker that has to stay ahead of the process you know we can look forward to seeing more of that 
in the near future. I was lucky enough to pick up some of Dab Smith's Citrus Tsunami the last time I seen him, and that's really, really good. And if you think about when we talk about Fergoli, what are we talking about? The Clementine. So it's it's definitely a crowd pleaser. I got to get this sour melon to Fergoli to let him try that because this it's literally like sucking on a, a warhead, a melon warhead, that old, that old sour candy. I love it. I can't get enough of that strain. It's I just really good. Up. I'm glad I just harvested another plant. It, it, that's my personal meds. Like, you're right, citrus is back. I, I, I love it. Hey, I've got a plant of that in my garden. I'm getting ready to put it into flower. I'm super excited about the sour melon. I've smoked yours from the same lineage. It is very good. Shout out to Mantis, right? Mantis Genetics. Yeah. I like the way that you aren't afraid as a caregiver to pass out not only meds but also to let these cuts slip through your fingers and to pass them out to people that you know will use them as medicine man that's like that's the kind of shit that really needs to be recognized and appreciated in this community thank you well the funny thing is i don't know which one of us you're talking to because we both did that to each other <laughs> correct correct i had the citral glue which i love you. about which i love about this you know You've got cuts from me, and Abolished does too, and I've got cuts from Abolished, you know, and it's a family thing. I've got cuts from Old Man and Eagle. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to be greedy. I want to get it out there. There's there's no sense in me sitting here telling you all day how special this cut is, you know, grow it out yourself. And really, that that motto right there, kind of it was inspired by the story of uh the caps cut like he originally it was only given out to people that he trusted that would do good with it now it's it's all over the place but that's what made me want to do this like everybody i hand this cut to i either tell them or i know that they're gonna it's to help them or help somebody else it's not to make a buck off of it. and it's really good meds I mean, that's important. And I think when you do have good medicine, you want to share it with people. There's no better way than having them grow the same strain. They get to experience the entire experience from, you know, from the dirt all the way through the cure and smoking that bud and seeing what it's like that way versus just trying it at a concert one time and saying, oh, I had OG Kush at this one show, this guy said. And, it, you know, it's a lot different, right? As a grower to me, I think here's a guy who's been growing this old school cheese strain for X amount of years. That should be a note to me that it's either very forgiving or extremely fucking hardy. Yeah, it, it really is. Like, uh, it's, it, I've grown it in every type of environment, fed it everything, different you know types of nutrients. It, it's really good. Like even... The outdoor logistics of this strain is amazing, you guys. Like, it doesn't get over, I'd say, five and a half feet, and then it just pushes out. This thing covers some area. It, it's a dream, like what you would want an outdoor plant to do. Just a nice, uh, multi-sided, uh, I don't even know how to explain that one, pit of spikes. Well, if it didn't have such high terpenes, I would say that it's privacy friend fence friendly, but uh, no, not with the terps, baby. Yeah, she's loud. Yeah, she's really resistant to basically everything because she's dealt with everything. 
because I've dealt with every plague, everything, but uh, I've never gotten a broad mite, but I've gotten russets and all the other really, really bad. And she's lived through everything. It's a rough life, man. I've had yeah, some of some of the plagues, and I, um, I'm glad I'm not in that position anymore. I don't know how she keeps going, but she, she does. I, I don't keep a mother of her. It's cloned, and then that once they get so big, they're flowered out. You know? That's how I do it, too. People probably poo-poo and pshaw it, but hey, man, when you have a plant count, that you make it work the way you can. Yeah, I mean, and that, and I want to take the plant uh, while it's healthy. I just believe the longer a plant goes, uh, the more chance you have to pick up pathogens and other things that might stunt your growth. Like, I'm really freaking out uh, about what I'm hearing from commercial ops with this, uh, the, the new hemp virus, the hemp viral, or viroid. I can't, I can't think of what it is. Hops viroid that's hopping around. And like it's it's getting it's infecting entire you know, facilities, so I mean I want to take my clones you know right before I'm putting it in flower, which is going to be the healthiest point. So I'm not going to flip a plant unless it's healthy. And it's just always worked out that and being in a regenerative environment, I believe it just gives it that immune system to to keep going. You know I don't have there's definitely drift. Because I still can go and get the original abolished bud from the magician and taste different. The plants look different. It's it's really wild. That's the exciting part, though, is I had said before that it took right away to my cloning and it, it likes now that I've got the new LED light. Um, I want to see how it's going to be in my environment for the goofy shit that I fucking do versus the goofy fucking shit that you do. And having that cut an interesting question came to me was so what did you notice since you're kind of empirical based when you ran the og through say this growing style versus this growing style did that enable you to better i don't know maybe realize what was going on in the system at that time or was it more a matter of hey this plant really really likes to be grown this way yeah, I mean, I, I could tell the difference in every way. And that plant is always the determining factor when I'm, uh, even in the past when I was choosing uh, nutrient lines and stuff like that, because I would do side-by-side -side with samples and whatever the OG did better in, that's, that's what I would choose. And she's my trusted strain. And I, 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 if I can't hand this cut out to you guys or to you people out there or anybody out there, I suggest doing the same thing. If you find something amazing, try to keep that cut around forever so you can do these type of things. It's invaluable when you're growing. And one of the great ways to keep it around is to give it to some of your friends. That way, if you do get one of these plagues, you can get it back. You know, I've got friends that have some of the old strains that I used to grow back in the day. So if I want to grow them again, I can reach out to them and say, hey, can I get a cut of that, you know, DJ Shorts Blueberry, or can I get a cut of the, uh, you know, whatever? Yeah, don't roll the dice like me and depend on your luck, because I am a, a lucky some bitch when it comes to growing. I, there's no reason this OG should still be around, especially how bad the russet mites did. And I had, like, legacy, like, 
some cuts that I almost don't even want to talk about because they bring a tear to your eye that I lost. Because I am a second generation grower and I have access to a lot of really good genetics, you know, but I'm not, I'm never going to go back to try and grab those. Like I'm only going to get cuts and clones from people that I trust, you know, and that's most of the time people that are kind of out there, you know, if you're not going to be like, I trust getting clones from you guys because flat out, you're not going to be out there, you know, trading me anything with bugs and, you know, be a, you know, doing shows with me, be my friends, you know, you're public figures, you know, you can't or spraying crazy bullshit on it either. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. And it's the same go. That's, that's why I feel confident giving it. I hope you guys feel confident getting cuts for me. Hey, like when I, when I give you a clone, the soil literally has thousands of predators in there. Cause I want to make sure you're, you're good to go. I can't wait to get a cut of that skunk number one, bro. I have been searching high and low for that since I started actually growing again. It, yeah, that's that's something like the Maui Waui and stuff like that. That's one of those seeds that I've gotten from people that have only been a couple seeds and it never worked out. And this time I got a female and the plant is, it's a little nitrogen hungry right now, but she's nice and thick, healthy, like gonna, it's, it, it's on now. For sure, female. I didn't even have to sex. I didn't have to stress her to sex test. She she showed pre signs. I wonder, like, where? What's the backstory on that specifically? The, it's the original skunk. I mean, like, I've always been a cheese grower, and the cheese is from the skunk. I believe it's a, it's a skunk time skunk one. It's a back cross, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a pheno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've always I've always been real curious to see where the OG stood up with the original Skunk One, and I have to grow it. I'm not. Even, uh, that sounds so big headed, but I need to grow it to see if that's how it, if it's the same taste. I'm not just going to take someone else's word for it. Say that Skunk One. Well, as a second generation, I'm sure that you've definitely had access to it through the years at some point. So skunk one comes from Acapulco gold and Colombian gold and Afghani. It was the number one thing that 13 year old Skilbo could get his hands on was everything back then seemed to be skunk. I mean, I know that the Acapulco gold, the Panama red, you know, and then later when I got older, it was Northern lights and shit like that. But uh, in the very early days, definitely a lot of Michigan skunk, the red haired skunk bugs. Yeah, I'm all about their loudness. Like, I, I believe in that loudness is where the medicine is. All those terps. If I don't, if I crack a jar and it doesn't turn people's heads, it's not a keeper. I don't care how beautiful and how frosty that strain is. Miss C is looking at you with uh, a grin there. What's the story? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just laughing at him because. I think he sounds big-headed and stuff, but it's, that is how he is, though. Like, if it's not amazing, then it's gone. And sometimes there are things that, you know, strains that we've had to cut that I've liked and have thought are pretty good, but he didn't think they were good enough. So, um, so what, what was it? What's the one that got away? 
I know, totally. You can't leave us hanging on that shit. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, right now, though, the one that I'm like pretty sad about is uh, we're not going to be growing fire and flames anymore. And that, to me, gave me like a, a more unique high than some other other strains that we grow. And it was something that was really, like, really happy for me. And so I really felt like drawn towards that and I liked it. It had good flavor, but um, the phenol that we had, it was really beautiful, but it was also really short. And we kept having problems where it wasn't getting enough light because it's under the other plants and things like that. Um, it just with, you know, overall, was it 100% what we were looking for? No. So we had to let it go. But I'm still a little sad. Yeah, you got to Spartan kick those weak ones, though, because it does cost you money to do this. This isn't free. You know what I mean? And it, if nothing else, even if you're doing this outdoors, it's still your time. Grow something that's going to work with your environment. You know what I mean? That hits all the, the high points for you. But don't wrestle with something if you don't have to. Come on, Sequence, hit us with a grow question. I, I don't have any. I'm too high. Fucking blown out. <laughs> I'm doing good, though. I think it's time for a dab. Uh, I, yeah, that's how I got too high, but let's do it. Oh, also, I smoked Eagle's nine-pound hammer that he gave me at that Clio event out of Eagle's uh, bottle. And that, that was how I got here. Show that off again because the people have only seen that in the live stream and explain what's going on there. This is uh, the steamroller bottles that Eagle made. They got a hole in the bottom and a hole in the back. Put joints in the top. Hit those suckers. You saw me smoking it earlier. They're really awesome. And I was smoking Eagle's nine pound, that I, the cut that I got from him. He said that he got the nine pound in uh, 2013. It's one of the OG nine pounds, so pretty excited about growing that. And he gave me this really coarse cocoa. It's like uh, playground wood chips. And when you pour water into it, it comes right out the bottom. So that's really awesome. Oh, we got you some Dab Smiths. A little bit of Dab Smiths. Blue Sherbert Cookies by Cal Gardner. First class genetics. Awesome shit, man. Gonna have to get those guys to run the OG someday. Be an honor. Yeah, it would. I want to get them to run some of my stuff too. I've actually never graced an extract artist uh, with a nug run of it before. And I, I really want to reach out and do that here soon. Is it, I mean, extracts they're just that's what everybody's into i'm a flower person but i mean it's time for me to stop trying to be old <laughs> i guess i should say well if you're if you're going micro you got to get with the trends you got to be trendy yeah and it, it is a demand and uh my patients do they do want it <laughs> because i mean Sometimes you don't have time to sit down and roll one or whatever. You need to be super discreet just doing a, a quick dab. You know, that's that can save your ass in quite a few situations. 
like sequence is about to do. So what's your, uh, while you're staying trendy, um, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh man, does that show how old I am? I have no idea any of her songs. I don't either, but my daughters were listening to her music and it is way different than it used to be. What's she doing now? Uh, it's like, um, it's like what the Black Eyed Peas were doing like five years ago. Uh, Held it out, baby. Hype music. All right. That's yeah, cool. it's all like poppy hype music. I was about to say, I actually hear a fair amount of Taylor Swift played at my place of work. Uh, I'm pretty sure she must have signed some kind of corporate deal with our company because they play her at I think her dad is like some sort of executive somewhere. I heard that before. I don't know. I guess uh, another thing I'm, I forgot to even talk about that's really, really big in the Abolish Farms backstory is uh, you, my YouTube career and whatnot. Like, I, this isn't my first rodeo, you guys. I've been doing this for, let's say, I think I'm on my third year now of being public on IG and YouTube. I started out on a show called The Dab and Gab. We interviewed tons of uh, big names, big companies, Subcool, Optic Foliar, uh, Mendo Dove. I, it was a really cool experience to, you know, open myself up to this. And after that, I did... Uh, I did some stuff with the Good Earth Group. I uh, did some stuff with Tricomb Chasers and uh, Buffalo After Dark. And then uh, I, I, that's why I'm just so stoked to be with you guys. Like I've no, it's it feels like I had great time on all those shows. I mean, I'm I'm happy for those experiences, but this just feels right. The the force is with me on this one. Dude, that's where I seen you was on Tricom Chasers in Buffalo. I shout out to I, I really liked both of those shows, man. Really wish Buffalo would come back out. Yeah, all them all them shows, Grow Tube, everything, like after the purge, you know, it, it we lost a lot of valuable information and we have such a bigger community now that's looking for that stuff that they're they're not gonna be able to see now. Yeah, the, the hiatus thing has kind of really sucked too, you know what I mean? But summertime, people get busy, you know, we're just really fucking enthusiastic over here. Well, this is a good-ass time to bring up that um, on our website, we're going to hopefully have um, videos and stuff like that showing various gross stuff, and um, that way we have content in a place where it won't get taken down, because it's not on IG, it'll be on our platform, and it's not going to get taken down that way. So I'm really excited that we can do stuff like that and bring knowledge to people. That's well, we've idea. always been about community, though, since, like, the very first time that we talked, it was about community. And that's, I don't know, I, I like the concept of us being able to be more involved with community rather than less. I do too. I want to smoke with more of the community. That's what I want to do. Because that's my favorite thing to do in the community is smoke with people. 
these events and stuff, having people come up to us. We've gotten to meet some really amazing people that way. Abolished and uh, Miss C have introduced us to people. It's been a really cool ride in this scene. Yeah, we've gotten to the point where we can't even possibly do a shout outs list. It would be, dude, we would forget fucking 80% of the people and still keep talking for a while. You know what I mean? This, yeah. Everybody's been completely fucking cool since the very beginning. And, you know, I just really dig it, man. I, I enjoy doing this show. I'm really glad that we're doing this uh, part two for Abolish Farms. I'm excited about the changes that we're trying to make to make not only a better podcast, but also a better production for video. Like everything is on the, the like the upswing, man. And it's, it's exciting. Yeah. We got to have that constant, um, that goal of constant progress, you know, because uh, we're not at our limit. Not nearly. I don't think. We're growers first and foremost, and we're approaching this just like we did when we started our own gardens. We started with a lot more enthusiasm than we did with knowledge of it, but we're, you know, we're going to learn. We're going to get better. We're going to try to, like I said, get better at this like we did with growing. And speaking of learning, I, I want to point out and make, a, make sure everybody knows that as part of the frugal way or gets, you know, just grill tips in general for me it's not going away it's just i'm gonna i'm joining a team here all that stuff's gonna be over here with us here on the on, a, on the girl bro or the bro girls i mean i'm you're still gonna get frugal tips we're gonna i'm gonna finish the series uh if i come up with other stuff in the future or if people have ideas for things for me to test that are feasible without like I said, sacrificing consistent meds, I'll be doing it. I want I just to like it out there. I want to point out that really all we're doing is making it official uh, the you know to the public side of things because you've been with us since you and I spoke at Kushstock, dude, before we even put out any content. So you've been involved since the very beginning, you and Eagle. Yeah, I've, I've tried to, because I've really believed in you guys. That's why anytime I could offer any help, you know, I was right there, you know. I wanted to support the, the hell out of this because we needed it. I all, all we had until this show was the BBC. Really, the for consistent, you know, stuff going on in Michigan. Yeah, it's taken a team to build this thing. Nobody can take or credit for all of it. Or not really even a significant portion of it. I think it's important to recognize that Miss C has been great for documenting everything for us and making sure to get quality content. I see you over there lighting up. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, yeah, that I'm much more comfortable on the other side of the camera. Um, and that's something that, like, in the, in the past, like, growing up, I um, did yearbook and things like that, and I've always kind of really liked that side of things and someone who was it the other night oh eagle was talking about how he like made all that hash and you know he need he should have had somebody there to record him to like get really good footage and i'm like man i wish i could have been there like i could have gotten some great stuff so i just kind of decided that i'm just going to be like the you know content capturer for you guys uh, especially when we hit all the events and everything, make sure I get some 
some good uh, video footage and pictures and stuff for a long way. Yeah, we're going to have to expand your equipment arsenal for sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I need to upgrade the thing. But I'm so excited. I mean, you've already, not even when you were a member of the team, you know, we go to the events and you're taking these badass pictures for Abolished and then just kind of helping us out when we ask you to and all that stuff, just being nice. Had all these amazing pictures of us smoking the hash and all the other awesome stuff we did when we're off fucking off being stoned. <laughs> you're paying attention. You're like, oh shit, I should get the camera out and record this stuff. And now we can look back at it and be like, oh yeah, we did this. Because you're a little bit too high to remember all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know someone said the other day, they were like, wow, they, thanks for taking all those pictures. I forgot most of that happened. She's yeah. so good about it. And she gets these, she gets those angles that only a natural photographer gets too. Uh, she's stepped up the, the promotion and the branding side of Abolish Farms so much since joining. I, it's, it's crazy. Well, like she's done your label design, right? Yeah. She she came up with this new logo here, and I, I really like this one. It's it's simple, but it still it does the job. I mean, I'm working with just like really basic things right now, but it's something that I find really fun. Um, I like being able to, you know, play around with the logos or make some flyers for stuff that's coming up. And, um, I've made a couple of shirts and that kind of thing. And that's definitely something that as like Abolished Farms grows, like I'm really looking forward to growing and um, expanding my knowledge on that side of stuff. So. Before we go on, I want to give a shout out to Old Man Hermit Hash. So I was holding up my classic antique ass steamroller here and I packed a bowl full of some blueberry muffins and topped it with some of his freeze-dried hash. And I just have to say, I took a monster rip of that. No cough, super smooth, super taste. Good looking out, man. Old Hermit Hash is part of my daily diet with those freeze-dried bites, man, ever since he introduced me to them. They're, they're great edibles. I love them. Especially the Abolished the Farms Breakfast Cereal. Oh man, his, his new cocoa puff ones, those samples right there. Yeah, that we got the last one. That's the best one yet. By far. Oh, I need more. I need to ask him to do some custom runs for me. I wonder if he'll do that. I need pistachio pudding. I need custom ice cream flavors. Hook me up, old man. Freeze dried custard. When I get stoned, I roll these big ass cones and I get these ideas. And I need somebody that can execute these ideas. And I know he's busy right now. He's harvesting plants right now, probably. But uh, I need Cotton. to. Yeah. When he's done, we're going to have to talk for sure. Yeah, he's. Uh, last I heard, he was experimenting with cheesecake. And he had some of that for us to try. I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be. Ex oh, man. But yeah, you were saying pistachio, not pistachio pudding, but pistachio ice cream. That's the one I want. Oh. And coffee flavor. Ew. Have you ever had coffee ice cream? It's amazing. Great. I'll try it. Though. I'm down for that. Stoners love ice cream. Like a nice mocha coffee. Dude, I got a 
I got a blueberry cobbler one this week from like was it Hudsonville or something? The shit was the bomb at like stone o'clock in the morning. Hudsonville's good ass ice cream. Bad Bunny uh, brand ice cream makes the best fucking pistachio ice cream out there. Good to know. Thank you. Believe it or not, pistachio is my shit. I went to a, like an A&W style root beer stand and I said, how big of shakes do you make? And she goes, I'll do, I can do a quart. And I said, I'll have a quart of pistachio. And she gave it to me and I sat there at the counter and drank the whole thing and she couldn't believe I walked away. Uh, it was unreal. Trundled away. That was good. Me and my daughter, she had a hot dog or something, and I ate a quart yeah. of milkshake. I was saying, I think you and Abolish should have like an ice cream contest now. <laughs> no, no, that you can't. You can't handle this. No, that sounds like dude. Yeah. Dude, I'd buy the fucking big pails with the handles and get down. We'll have to go to Jackson and go to the parlor, and we'll uh, get down on a dare to be great. It's got to be a milkshake. I, I honestly don't know my limit. She she like freaks out every time I suck down a large milkshake in like five minutes. I just love it. I don't know how they make milkshakes so large yet so small. They're so good and they disappear in like a sec. It's like a chocolate milk. You get chocolate milk and it's two drinks and it's gone. But we're way off the deep end now. So I set up another camera. This uh, is your first chance to edit things, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a nice hard cut, because somewhere in there, we really fucked up. You guys wanted to go over the, the frugal stuff. We could a little bit. Yeah, man. Do you have uh, any questions or anything, or you just kind of want to hear about the build? I can do the questions or we can do the build. The first thing I'd like to say is great job with uh, lighting this up because I can actually see this really well for the first time. So what I would like to do first is just give us a rundown of the, the, the build and how it runs and then we'll ask questions after because I think that's a natural conversation flow. Okay. So basically how this runs I should have my Padawan do it to test out her, her knowledge. She, know, she knows what she's doing over there. But uh, this is a regenerative system. It's, but it's unique in quite a few ways because there's zero peat in this. It is a cocoa-based, it starts out as a cocoa-based super soil called uh, Coco Loco from Fox Farm. And I set it up in a bed or pot and then underneath that better pot as you can see in the camera better on the the pot that's up top you can see that there's hydrogen pellets and water in there because i do wicking and on top of being a wicking bed down there it's also adds more rooting area for your plants so you turn a central 12 gallon 10 gallon plant into a 25 it's it's really good uh this system set up to bring out the max i found to bring out the maximum amount of flavor from all the other systems that i've ran over the years because it's the bare bones minimum the only things that are added is absolutely what the plant needs 
I, I try to run almost efficient. Like I want the plant to run out of gas, you know, uh, about four or five weeks in the flower. Like I want it to start yelling already. It, it triggered, it absolutely triggers me when I see these feeding regiments to go to week six. Like even when I fed bottles, I cut that stuff off at week four. It's just not enough time. But, uh, these, this soil, has been going for seven years now. Yeah, about six, seven years. Uh, it's set up to never, to, to where I never have to throw it away. The only time uh, anything's added is when I have to get a fresh bag of this stuff and I just keep it going. It's a, it's a simple amendment every time, just a uh, top dress like BioLive or Right now, the I'm running my whole garden with Bad Bunny Nutrients, which is a nice little light one one one. It it's, seems to be very good for uh, a veg top dress. Uh, it's very fast acting. Uh, I've recently switched to LED. Like everything about this is to try and be uh, as clean as possible. Uh, as cheap as possible and give me the most dank. Like, I like the fact that my only cost really to grow at this point, now that I'm up and rolling, is my electric bill. It is a pretty sweet setup you have there. Have you tried top dressing with uh, castings? No, because uh, I already have worms in the system. And a big thing that I preach is to try and minimize any kind of organic inputs that you got to ship in, like even worm castings, different types of compost, they could bring a potential problem into your garden. So I've, I've always tried to keep everything super, super in-house as much as I can. Other than I, I have to get some kind of top dress, and that's why I try to aim for something that's a dry amendment that's been treated and possibly... Uh, sterilize any kind of pests or anything like that. That's a good point. I noticed that you have basically top dressed your fallen leaves on there. Do you want to talk to that point? Yeah, that is the uh, humic layer that I preach about to try and get everybody to start as soon as possible. Like every little bit of leaf that comes off your plant, uh, when you harvest your, your stems, like if you don't make any kind of extract or anything with your trim or your lark buds, put that back in there like Skillville does. Putting your life in there, that's that's commendable. I, I could never do that. Like that's LARP's really good uh, edible material. <laughs> but hey. I, I wanted to make sure when I started this bed, I was like, man, I'm kind of just winging it here. I'm not science-based enough to really know this shit. And there's six zillion pages on this that I don't have time to read. I need to make this change now. So I just said, well, for my first couple of harvests, I was set on tincture. I had a shit ton of it at the time. I didn't need to make any more. And I don't want to waste time trimming. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to make a donation to the bed. Thinking that the plant took this and did something with it in the first place. So I'm going to give it back in good faith to the bed and see what comes out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about the the microbes, and all you're doing is giving back for giving some to the homies. I mean, they did the hard work. Let them have a party for a few nights while they digest that. 
but uh it's the main thing about that and why i preach to build it is because that whole layer there is free nutrients uh anytime that say you're yellowing a little bit or whatever you would top water instead of wicking and that's going to put nutrients into your your soil because that's a comp basically a compost tea or whatever tea every time you water in the top part and that is a tech from brown guy 420 i always got to give him tons of props because he's such a huge influence to my style yeah i've watched several videos of his too and he was really the first person that i had seen that was talking about uh living organic soil and in the beginning i was like well i don't really understand this yet i was still trying to wrap my head around how super soil worked you know and it's it's just incremental learning and you know sometimes it takes us a few years longer than other people to catch on to it but hey man it's pretty all good. easy bro soil with a fucking cape <laughs> soil with a cape and if you uh you also can see yeah you can see uh two or three of them there on the camera those nuts down there those are uh soap nuts those things are important in my garden it, it, if we're talking about the top layer like i've started to top dress even with those because each time you do your little uh tea there with your wa top watering that adds the sapidin effect and all that to your tea for free i have a new science side by side that you can try for yourself um i'm thinking with those two or three soap nuts what if you took those and put those in the coffee grinder like i do for barley and turn them into powder and then actually top dress it like sprinkling over the top of the soil and seeing if you can get something going on yeah that, that'd be cool the closest i've gotten to that is throwing it in a, a baggie and smashing it with a hammer it, that that worked too. It just seemed like the they broke down fairly quick. The microbes and whatnot got to it. These have been in there what about two weeks now, and they're still emulsifying. Miss C was just in there uh, watering today. You hit the top right where they still sudsing up. Okay, yeah, they're still they're still sudsing up. I have a grower question about what I'm seeing on screen. I see that there's two plants in one pot. Okay, and my question is, did you basically, are you going to transplant? Are you going to heavily uh, strip and defoliate so that those two plants don't run into each other? What's, what's the plan here? What's going on? That's actually one of my uh, training techniques is I'll take, because if you have the plant count, uh, this is amazing. You, I'll put more plants than is, need, than is needed in an area. And then I will train all those plants together as if they were one plant. And if I have to kill a plant in the middle, it's whatever. Or if I only keep, you know, two or three tops in the middle to make sure I fill out the canopy in a less amount of time than using just two plants or one plant, then I'll do it. That is pretty interesting, man. That's some frugal. I dig that. It's it's it plays nice. Like people, I've seen warnings out there. Like, oh, you're gonna, they're gonna entangle and whatnot. But no, this is a re maybe in a synthetic system or something where the plants, you know, half dead. 
Yeah, but you're not waiting until they're four feet before you flip them into flower. So the root balls are pretty small when they hit flower. You know what I mean? I mean, you would think, but within like even these ones right here, these autos, the the furthest one along, the Wizard Apprentice, I think just hit 30 days, and the roots are already at the uh, throughout the bottom of that thing. So they they do root. They they I guarantee they uh, they intertwine with each other. It's just once it's in a it's in this kind of system, there's an intelligence there. They're they're working together. There's I don't think they're fighting or hurting each other in any way, other than they might shade each other out if they're too close. The weed finds a way in nature and in our own gardens. Yeah. And yeah, the, there originally was three in each one of these pots, even in this autoflower grow here. But uh, I had I ran some reg autos, and I planned for that, and I took those out. <clears throat> and I'm I'm applying that into my factors when I do the results autos versus photos in 80 days. You'll probably end up needing the space anyway. Yeah, I got very lucky that the middle ones ended up being males and both of them. We'll see in the, the third pot. The third pot's behind because that's the one that had the one spot that didn't pop up because I went straight into the soil with the seed. But the biggest thing that I would say for anybody, like, if you want to switch to this or why you should switch to this is the flavor and just the overall cost because if to get this kind of uh tasting bud at the dispensary you're paying upwards of 350 you know an ounce you know for that top shelf and i'm telling you guys like it's if you get this set up you do water only on your first run you're going to get that flavor that you're looking for and that look. You might not get the same yield that you had before, but that's where you go from that point. Now you got the flavor, and that's the most important thing. That's what I go after. Okay, so let's talk about this. You mentioned that it's Coco Loco and that it's a pre-amended hot soil. Well, what makes this soil or what makes this system produce that flavor? Why can I consistently get that with this? I, I believe they just have, like, that's why I have a real hard time uh, switching any kind of soil to any different soil companies. I believe the starting ecosystem they give you, like the microbes they give you, uh, including the rhizophagus intercedes, which is the best uh, mycorrhizae to bond with uh, cannabis. They just, they have their stuff, they have it dialed in. That and the fact that you get cocoa. Cocoa gives you that, I guess you would say, hydroponic growth rate. So you're getting that growth rate on top of the organic flavor. I mean, it's, I can't say enough about this, this soil. Since it's hydroponic, do you pH anything? No, because it's so, it has such a, a well-balanced rhizosphere in it. Just out of the bag, it seems like. I've, I've never had to, well, not that I'm, I've joined the no-till army or whatever you want to call it. I stopped pH and I threw my, my pen out. It's never had to be. But I did in the past. 
Okay, so another question is, you said that this soil is, I think you said seven years old, I could be high wrong, but hey, whatever. So does that mean that those grow bags are seven years old as well? Or do you basically pull them out of circulation, let them dry up, break them up, and then put them in a new bag? What's the story there? It's basically uh, a time frame. Like I've only been growing so many years and doing it uh, and experimenting the whole way through like the first the first set of uh no-till pots you want to say they went for four years and those things had uh water only runs in it they had synthetic salts ran through there they had crystals ran through it they had bottled organics ran through it uh the outside of those pots were so hard looking and like they were just ready to it seemed like the plant or the the soil itself was starting to eat the uh, <laughs> the pot, and that's the only reason I I switched them. Like I wish I could keep them going, but it seems like the last two times I've gotten like old enough pots, they've they've just gotten tore up. That's the only reason I switched. So each time, whenever the those pots went bad, I would just go get a new, you know, whatever fabric pot or from a different company and fill that up. And the one, the last one that I just tried was uh, I've been running with Smart Pots. Before them, it was I believe a local company because it's not around no more. They had uh, seven gallon tall boys. And I could get them at HTV. They they were a really cool pot design. Way far superior to the five gallon. If you have five gallons and you can get a hold of these seven gallon tall boys, do it all day because you can put way more pot or way more plants in the same area with those, and have more uh, rooting area. But yeah, this soil, even the oldest stuff, it's never given me a problem. I'd say. Probably the this frugal build here that I've been featuring in the series, that's probably got the oldest soil in it because the bottom half of those were all uh, the last old breakdown of pots. Do you use any kelp or alfalfa meal or anything like that? Yeah, all that stuff would be in uh, when I was using BioLive, which all that stuff should still be active in some way in all these these pots. I've only been using Bad Bunny since this summer. And you, how do you feel about composting? Uh, I mean, if I could uh, set up a worm bin and compost myself and do that, I probably would. But as far as I don't feel like I need it because I'm already composting in my pots. You know, my uh, hypostasis miles and my worms and my centipedes are they're all in there just doing work i'm sitting here looking at sequence <laughs> i don't really have anything interesting to ask about it just kind of soaking it in yeah i mean once it's not that hard like there's once you i i'm gonna be able to teach everybody this basically within one series that we have, i've gone over on my youtube 
and we'll probably port all that over to the website when we got it up. But once you have that set up, guys, I mean, it does, the system can be boring. Like you'll run out of stuff to say, like it's that, it really is that simple. Like unless you start getting into the, the microbes and uh, getting under the microscope and figuring out what happens each time you water, what's dying off, who's the dominant uh, things there, making sure you have uh, good protozoa levels, all that stuff. You could go that route, but eventually, okay. yeah, you're just water only. And then at that point, you're going in there once every two weeks. So let's say that I'm sitting here and I'm watching this for the first time and I really want to start a new grow and I don't know which method I'm going to use yet. How much can I expect to pay to set this up in like a small four by four tent? Like how much would it cost me? Well, it, it would depend on if you wanted the base minimum setup or uh, like we're going frugal growing, man. We're going yeah. frugal growing. What can I get away with? You could definitely do it uh, in a four by four. Could could young abolished be able to do this for that hundred dollars? I was going to ask that. Yeah, could you do it for your hundred bucks? I was setting myself up for that. I had to walk into it. You know what I mean? Yes, but I wouldn't have the wicking bed yet. The wicking bed is one of the more is cost you a little bit because you got to invest in hydrogen and then if you can't get storage tubs like i have right here measured right to do your space uh yeah it can that, that can all be expensive but oh, yeah. i've got a, i've got an alternative though is if we want to be really frugal and i really want to get this done why can't i just go get those larger lava rocks that i can get at a landscape place for like six bucks a bag i mean what maybe three bags does you know both of those we could get away with that yeah, I mean, just fill out the the bottom of a. You'd have to come up with some kind of cheap wicking bed, and that that's one of the hard parts is figuring out a wicking bed that fits your your grill. Because I try to fill out the entire tent. Like if I need to get to the back of the tent, I'm taking. I want to take my shoes off and go for a walk in the water, or the the hydrogen. You know, it. That's the price part, but the actual soil itself, you can do this setup without the wicking bed. The wicking bed is more to add more rooting area and to give you the uh, peace of mind if you wanted to walk away for two weeks or if you had a vacation or a wedding or something like that. But you could definitely set this system up and micromanage with watering every day, uh, some kind of drip system and probably get the best performance in the most yield. I think Especially since it's water only. You know what I mean? If it's water only, I can get away with doing that uh, automated watering and not having to worry about cleaning lines or anything else that I might have to if I was a synthetic grower. Or yeah, somebody was, trying to fuck with teas. You gain a lot of freedom by, by using your type of system. You can go away for a weekend and go camping and stuff like that which is something that I think every grower wishes they could do sometimes if they don't have a system like that, you know, especially someone like me that's in a cocoa system that they water every day. I'm actually building an automated system right now to try to get away from it for the same reason that you have a system like that right now. So uh, bravo for kind of um, 
working a system and to build it to work for you, you know, taking somebody's idea and kind of customizing that to your situation and making it perfect. Then I've always known that and planned that I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to step up like this. The system is scalable and it's set up to where uh, I'll only need minimal help, if any help at all, even scaling to something like a whatever class A or B. Like I could I could probably do that solo. It's that easy with this system. And that that's one of the big things that push my uh my drive on this because up until Miss C joined or came around it, it was just me uh, doing all that you know I've I consistently harvest every month and not haven't stopped and I've said I've documented on IG for what the last three years it's yeah So we've given you that introduction. We've talked about abolished farms. We've also talked about some of your philosophy on growing. And then you showed us your system and you've been able to walk us through it. What else would you like to cover? Um, we've got, I mean, we kind of covered uh how to set up a grow and all that in the first one and that was really important to me we got my introduction out and this one kind of a backstory so people know a little bit more about me and i'm not just that guy that's always you know telling you you're adding too much or you're paying too much to grow Well, we kind of talked about caregiving as well, which I'm glad that we were able to go back to because that's something we touched on in your first one. And I feel that that's one of the most important things about abolished farms is like the umbrella is the providing medicine and healing for others. And I, I really feel that that's, it, it's been talked about twice, but if you want to close out with talking to something like that, you decide how you want to do this because you, I mean, you've had the longest to think about this as our first guest coming back now. You know, that, that is a good point you bring up is I don't, I haven't talked about the actual like caregiving part of that and like my patients and just you guys, I've over the last nine and a half years, I've, I've beaten cancer for my aunt. I've helped multiple friends with different ailments like that that stuff i i it's life-changing to me it it's crazy when I'm, I'm sitting here talking about it so i'm just kind of a little getting a little choked up i guess you know just knowing that friends and family are out there still kicking because of what i've done here but it's making you smile too brother when you're talking about it you're trying to contain a smile so it's working on you there, there's like Cannabis is cathartic. I was going to say, I definitely think, you know, he mentioned being a second generation grower, this kind of like caregiving role seems to be something he has always wanted to do. And it 
sort of fit naturally. And like you said, he's taking care of a lot of family, a lot of friends. Um, myself, I am one of his patients. Um, and it's definitely something it, I think, you know, as much as cannabis does for him, I think that being a caregiver definitely does something for him too. So. Yeah, like I was saying in the beginning of the show, you guys, I I was I was jumping around doing every kind of job you a normal male does in their early twenties, roofing, uh, Walmart, all that good stuff, and Chippendales. <laughs> Chip yeah, I made a lot of money there, but it was degrading. For who you were? For you or for them? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, got him. <laughs> but yeah, this, this right here it gave me, uh, I guess, a purpose finally, and I've been riding that boat ever since. I mean, it feels good. It feels. It just feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, I love seeing the his and her teaming up, and I like that there is not just the like the student teacher thing it's the hey we both we're trying to do this together we're both trying to grow these plants we're trying to grow together we're trying to grow together i mean like there's always a cool kind of dynamic interplay and it's nice to see the way that you guys are together you see how cool that is like right from riff as a patient you got to literally like handle your plants and talk to them before you even like use it as medicine like, that's such a unique um, experience i feel like part of that came from the fact that i was such like a skeptic and like thought so negatively about cannabis and stuff that if i decided i was going to do this like i was going to do this and i was going to have my hands in it and be you know somewhat in control of you know what was going on and I think that, you know, yeah, I definitely was really lucky to have the uh, sort of unique experience that I've had and um, coming to it, but I definitely think that it has a lot to do with sort of, you know, my personality that I just really wanted to be as much involved as I could if I was going to do this. I feel like it's really helped both of you. Would you like to do shout outs before we get out of here? Sure. Uh, I have to definitely have to shout out you guys and the rest of our crew over there at the, the Bro Grows. Like every Sunday, I mean, don't miss it. Uh, it's it's a great time. We do we drop knowledge, but we also, you know, it's it's a good, enjoyable podcast. You guys will like our jokes and whatnot. That's the highlight of my week now, is doing that yeah. every weekend. It is, man. The chat makes it so much more fun. And that's not just getting to laugh with you guys. You know what I mean? There's like two or three things going on. Somebody's talking. Somebody's typing. You know what I mean? Everybody's getting high. Such a well-rounded uh, representation of the Michigan cannabis industry. Like, you literally almost, you pretty much have every angle of it, basically. I but we're also like absolutely not special in any fucking way. We're just regular people who happen to be holding cards and growing our own cannabis. It's not that this makes us any different than anybody that's watching or listening to this right now. 
Yeah, and shout out to everybody that's came up to us at events and hung out and whatnot and seen they were real people, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say definitely shout out to us, the crew. Um, and then uh, shout out to all the other lady growers out there. And, um, you know, that's something that I'm always looking for is some other just sort of regular women maybe regular moms you know other women to sort of look at uh who grow because it is sort of when i take a look around it's primarily uh, a bro show <laughs> but uh i definitely you know thanks to you guys for always making me feel really welcome and uh helping uh bring some other ladies on and stuff I'm thinking about it high and I'm going, you know what? It's the Michigan Bros Grow Show. But it's that was when it was just Sequence and I before we ever went really live with this thing. So it's like Michigan Family Grow Show now. Well, I mean, it's 2019. Bros is uh, gender neutral. Just like dude is gender neutral. PC principally so proud right now. Just want to say thank you for coming on again as a guest. Both of you abolished Miss C. Really appreciate it. I'm really excited about the direction that the show is going, not just as a podcast production, but also. It's live stream on Sunday nights on YouTube at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Get that plug in. And then, you know, also the uh, just everything in between, man. We're, we're in a good place. We're going. And uh, let us know in the comments if you happen to be watching this. Let us know in the comments if you like this. Uh, give us some feedback. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Michigan Bros Grow Show with Abolished Farms.